Welcome to Inspiring Futures. I'm your host, Ed Cotton. This is a podcast where we talk about the how, what, and why of the future. Okay, welcome to the uh, latest episode of Inspiring Futures. Um, my guest this morning is Nick Steele of Harriman Steele. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to nice to be on the show. Cheers, Ed. Um, should we start off by? I know you've been an agency for a while, but do you want to take us on how you started the shop and uh, a little bit of a, a journey trajectory? Yeah, I mean, where to start, really? I mean, you know, I've had my agency now for tw- we're in our twenty third year. Um, I started it pretty much fresh out of out of art school. Really, I did a, 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 a two a two and a half year freelance stint with a you know very small kind of working with 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 one guy in a small office in in Soho, but always from a very early very early in my kind of development in this in this industry at college and what have you. I always knew that I was going to start my own agency. Um, and you know, at the age of, I think it was, I was twenty-seven. I decided to start the start this agency with my business partner Julian, who we we went to art school together in in the West Country in in Bath uh, in in the UK, um, and started it with with no clients, um, no any <laughs> no no income, just with a with a computer in in the in a in a living room. Uh, and just started with with this ambition that we just wanted to to just be creative. We wanted to work with with clients, with organisations that allowed us to express our creativity, um, and built the business up from there. So it was a, it was a, a step into the dark, but we just really strong. Both of us had really strong ambitions to to work across multiple kind of types of creative output, really. Um, you know, our first big client was was Nike. Um, you know, that kind of set us into uh, you know uh, uh, playing with the, with the big boys quite quickly. Um, and there, we just we've always just wanted to work with the clients we wanted to work with. Really, um, yeah, that's great. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's a fortunate position, um, you know, to to be able to do that right i mean it's um a lot of people dream that they uh they can run their own show but um they often find the work the work is one thing running the company is another right it's almost like there's those things uh, sometimes people have the aptitude to um to run businesses sometimes people people don't want to do it and they find out the hard way right yeah, exactly. And I, for, for me, it was just like, you know, I was reading something the other day. It was, it was, it, for me, it's just all of it is just one big kind of one big experiment and one big learning curve. So running a business and doing creative work at the same time, you're constantly learning. And I think if you close off that wanting to learn or wanting to try stuff the hard way, you'll always, you know, run into brick walls. And for, I think for, for me, as a as a business owner, as a creative, it was all like, always about how do we solve problems in all areas, you know, whether it be a creative problem or a business problem. They're kind of the same thing. They always there's always a, a solution. I loved going on that journey to find these solutions, um, and always learning. You know, as I said, I've been doing this company for 23 years, and every day I'm still learning, and I want to keep learning, and I want to keep evolving as a business owner and as a creative. So I think that's the thing that's kind of kept me going and, and made me to, it allowed me to just, I'm um, not closing off opportunities, always looking about where the next opportunity is, where can I learn, where can, where can the business grow, where can the business evolve? Um, and that's what's, you know, I'm as excited as I am today as I was when I first started it 23 years ago. Well, that's, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing because I think you know, I think you got a couple of you know you've hit on a couple of problems that people get into, which is um, 
one, they start to believe that they've got the script right and they don't adapt and change. And uh, they, the more that they stick their feet in the mud and say, we're not changing, um, the world around them changes and they become sort of less relevant for that reason. And then the second thing, you know, um, is just enthusiasm. Um, this is a business that, you know, if you, if you do it wrong, um, you can end up cynical, skeptical, <laughs> and uh, pretty jaded. Yeah, <sighs> yeah I, and I think, you know, one of the other things is, is getting the right people who work within the business as well. I think getting people who share those ambitions, share the ability to want to solve problems um, and want to evolve with you. You know, I'm quite an impatient person by nature. And if things, don't, if, if things, as you say, kind of get stuck in the mud, I'm just like, how do we get out and keep going? You know, how do we keep pushing ourselves? How do we keep challenging ourselves to do better every day, to do better on every project that, that, gets, that, that comes into the, into the studio, into the, into the organization? And how do we strive for better all the time? Uh, and I think if you, if you, you know, I say to my, every staff member, we worked as kind of 115%. How do we keep just, you know, delivering, but delivering that extra little bit. And that's the, that's the bit where you just keep pushing yourself and going, what if, what if, what if, and I don't, I think if you don't have the what if, you always go, you always have regrets. Um, and I, and this idea of just keep trying and not settling and staying where you are is is a really you know for me it's how you keep a business going yeah. um yeah that makes make a lot of sense and I, and I i think the other thing that people succumb to is the the, the the temptation that they have a you know it's time to quit and sell and 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 and, and cash cash in you know like we we put our sweat equity in we built something up we've we've got a nice client roster we've you you know now it's time to get payback, you know. Um, but pay, payback is 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 when you deliver a successful project, when you're having fun on the project, when you're enjoying the process, enjoying the people you're working with, enjoying the clients. You know, payback doesn't give you it gives you money in the bank, but it doesn't it doesn't fulfil anything. You know, it's just like you kind of then then you might as well. Then that, there's your brick wall to to head into, <laughs> you know, because it's you 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 set your targets in the wrong you, you set the targets uh, the wrong dartboard, as it were. Um, you know, I think if you settle for that, then you're kind of you you might as well just stop right now, <laughs> in many ways. So you talked earlier about hiring the right people and. And you know that the, the importance of the people around you is as important as your own uh, ambition and drive. What what would you say? You who are the type of people that you tend to tend to look for, and what are their what their characteristics? It's it's interesting because there's obviously two types of people. There's there's the people who work in the creative side of the business, or, or the designers, or, or and then there's the people who work on the kind of client services side. But I think, you know, when we look at, when I think about creatives, it's about these people who have the ability to see the world in it. I think both people, in fact, they see the world in a slightly different way. You know, they want, they, they want to solve problems. They want to, you know, some people might go left and these people want to go right. They want to go, if I walk slightly differently to, a, to, to the shops today, I'm, something might happen, something interesting might happen. I want to try to explore new ways of of sit and of doing stuff or, or I've got a different slant on the world you know there are many people the most successful people within my business have they not may not have had the best portfolio they've ever presented to me but it's the way they talk about it and the passion the way they see the world the way they tell a story or a little observation that they've made and they may recount it back to me and then that's just like they see the world they want to keep exploring and they see the world slightly differently than other people. And I think it's those people that, that see the world slightly differently make the business, make my business, has made my business successful. Um, because they don't just settle for the average, they settle for the, the something else that they want to keep exploring. They want to try something new. Um, 
and I think when you're when you're working with people like that, they inspire you. They inspire me um, in the work that they do. You know, I want to be inspired by the people who who work with me. And I don't. I never like to say people who work for me. I like to say people who work, you know, with me because it's this is about a journey together. Um, and you know, I get in. I want to be inspired by the people who work with me. Um, that's the thing that I want to. And, and when I interview people, that's what I want to get out of them. I want them to inspire me. And if they inspire me in the interview, I know there's going to be. They're going to inspire me later on as well. Mm. It seems you. It seems you also want the same characteristics from your clients, really. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, you know, ambitious people who want to do something slightly different. Um, you know, we we tell stories or, or develop ideas in a certain way, and that's a very human way. I, you know, and that's it's. You know, as humans, we, we're storytellers. As you know, many books have been written about it. Um, but I think, you know, we want to inspire our clients to, you know, sometimes deliver them stuff that they didn't write in the brief or they didn't even think was part of the brief. But we take them on a journey and going, well, what if? What if you saw this? What if we did this? Let's try something. And, and I think if, if, you, if you stick to what you know all the time, to your point before, you just get stuck in the mud. And that's a really boring place to be <laughs> yeah i think one of the i think one of the one of the challenges right now seems to be we've sort of i mean don't want to get all dystopian and and uh but minority report on this but it, it, there is a sort of machine the machines have come into advertising and come into the media world in a really big way and this is sort of we've got to the point where the this just it's almost about filling channels with stuff and it doesn't matter what that stuff is as long as you fill the channels it's a sort of a media game and it's a content game and um that sort of you could argue that means there's never been a better time for creativity you could argue the converse which would be creativity is kind of getting pushed to the side um, and I was listening to I was listening to a podcast with with Russell Davis. Um, used to work for Nike and Wyden, probably know a British planner, who uh, said, you know, a lot of people in a lot of a certain generation in Adland celebrate, um, you know, the golden age of British creativity, um, and uh, that British ads ruled the world. But he 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 said, well, maybe it was just a black swan, a blip, working class creatives couldn't get a job in broadcasting and there was uh abundance of talent that couldn't go into the film industry that's why Ridley Scott and Hugh Hudson were working in ad agencies and uh yeah I thought it was just an interesting perspective um that uh you know we we can't take it for granted uh we shouldn't take it for granted but it was in almost an anomaly. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, there's so much noise out there, you know, it's, um, and I think that our role is to, to kind of turn it, make the signal within the noise to try and, to try and clear the noise away. I, I think a lot of um, clients, a lot of brands are just making, to your point, they're just making stuff because they, you know, they've got a tick box that they just have to keep making stuff. They're churning and churning and churning, and they they need to begin to ask themselves: Is there real value in that? Because they're just adding to the noise, and they're just acting like everyone else. Is there a point where brands and and agencies need to be talking to their to their clients and say? Actually, what we need to be doing is being a lot clearer about what we need to say. A lot, but we need to be a lot more focused in the communications that we're putting out there to be to to make that change, to be to act differently. I think everyone's just acting the same. They're just doing the same old stuff. They're they're ticking the same old boxes all the time. And where's the you know how can we really um, be be creative about how we clear you know clear some of this clutter and just talk when we need to talk you know it's just like when someone 
when sometimes you're in a, in a room in a meeting and someone just talks and talks and talks, but they don't actually say anything. They just like the, the, voice, the sound of their own voice. And it's the people, the quiet people in the corner that suddenly speak up every now and again and everyone's just like, you know, some senses, <laughs> some senses prevailing in the room. And maybe brands need to act a, 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 a bit like that sometimes uh, and talk when they feel the need to, to talk. And, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of work um with with brands and uh, as you as you know and and you know we're trying to just make their stories a bit more clear and a bit more compelling about what they are as brands and i think do is it a time where brands need to be more they need to really focus on who they are they you know it's almost like there's so much product stuff out there and do we need to shift a little bit more into kind of more more brand stories to clear some of the product stuff away? Um, yeah, it was, inter it was interesting. I was I had a really um, good conversation with a with a lady who uh, runs a social media agency uh, on Friday, and um, we were talking about a lot of different things. Um, you know, she was we were saying that brands have become so desperate for attention that um, they sort of, they, they, they sort of forget who they are. So they try to become, they almost mm. become someone else in that desperate, you know, Pepsi suddenly adopts Bitcoin language, cryptocurrency language, because you think they think it's cool. And that's the way they are somehow going to insert themselves in the conversation. That feels kind of weird and wrong and sort of inauthentic, um, and uh, and this uh, this desperate quest to be in culture um, and to have to be part of the cultural conversation by making commentary or being present in commentary at the same time as the rest of humanity is pointed on the same thing. You know, we had the crazy Oscar situation last night. I, I'm just, it will be a matter of seconds before brands step in and feel that they have a, a right to make some sort of commentary about what happened at a cultural event. Yeah, and when brands flip-flop across, you know, backwards and forwards on different topics and because to try and, to your point, to try and <clears throat> stay relevant, it's it's like, it you know, brands then lose their real core of what they are, who they are as a brand. Brands need to really focus on who they are, what they stand for, and be really true to themselves and stop flip-flopping around because then it just becomes, it, it's so transitory the way they kind of do that. And, you know, there, there are good examples of brands that like the, the likes of, uh, of Patagonia, who we've been very fortunate to work with, um, that really stick to their, stick to their guns. And they, you know, they are very clear about, what they say and when they say it um and they're not they don't just flip around depending on what's in what's you know what's being posted on twitter the night before or what's on instagram or you know it's you know the brand's mission needs to be at the heart of what these brands you know and brands need to stick stay true to that yes <laughs> i was on mute for a second um yeah, absolutely right. I I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. How how do you um, are you um, talking to clients directly to 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 make how do, you know this is another another thing that I've noticed. Um, you know, and I'm sure you've seen it. Um, it's this, and and this has probably been sort of a revolutionary change and something you've been up against for like most of your life as an agency back when you started there was the idea of aor that that you know pretty much everything was handled by an agency or its subsidiaries or a collection of other agencies who form some kind of ecosystem for the client and uh, i mean i worked at mccann for years so i'm i'm pretty familiar with uh the concept of 50 years on a a piece of business and um over time that's obviously slowly eroded but it's got to a point where burger king pretty much for the last 10 years we're like it's an open door for an idea and uh 
you know, anyone's welcome. And, uh, you know, uh, that has its uh, advantages, but it also has a lot of disadvantages. Um, you know, I've, I, I, I was talking to somebody maybe two, three years ago who said, um, the only awards we've won are when we knocked on clients' doors and, and, and told them the idea we wanted to do and they bought it. Mm. Um, none of our, none of their awards came from their existing client base. It was all about trying to get projects. And this is a, from a, this is like big agency land trying to get, yeah. trying to get projects, <clears throat> win awards, um, because they weren't going to win awards from their day-to-day -day work. So you've seen it. You, we've seen a shift from the door being firmly closed from anyone outside of the ecosystem to now a lot more clients. A lot of clients being more open to seeking resources and partnerships beyond the core and i, I wonder i wonder if you'd seen that transformation or what you thought about yeah i mean i think um i think the advertising industry has we talk about you know, at the beginning it's just like a, a evolving and and uh, I think a lot of the advertising big advertising agencies are slightly stuck in a very old way of working and not a very agile fast way of working and I think that's why a lot of clients are opening their doors to go where you know where's the freshness where's the new way of approaching work where's the new way of thinking about it <clears throat> you know the world moves really fast I want to work or with with a with agencies that are agile that aren't stuck with processes and I want to be much more um, fluid with the way I work with people. Um, I think that the, and, and the advertising industry needs to kind of wake up and, and, and work much more in an agile, in an agile way. I think when you talk about awards, I, for me, I think, which is a different topic. You know, we've never been an agency that have chased awards or awards aren't, the be all and end all for us it's just like the award is uh, having an award is like getting you to make some of the pub just to pat you on the back to see how good you are you know the the real reward is about the results or the, or the projects that you're working on and and whether your client is happy whether you feel that you have achieved what you wanted to achieve out of a project and it's a personal reward to have awards stuck on the wall for me is is, is not something is not the reason why I started my business <laughs> and it's not the reason it's never been a goal for for, for us as a business um, we want to work on the projects we want to work on we want to work with the clients we want to work on and for me that's that's reward enough <laughs> in, in many ways if you if you chase awards I think you're chasing you're chasing you end up chasing your tail um, and you're looking at the the wrong objective really. Yeah, I mean, you've, 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 I just, I just wonder whether, and, and I've, I've been, I've judged some shows and award shows and stuff, and and I see that the aperture is, is closing. You know, the 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 real opportunities there are becoming increasingly limited, and I mean, maybe that's not true, but but it seems that way, and um, you, you see. You see so you, you see these case studies and you see so many question marks like why was the not this level if this was such a great idea why did the client not get behind it you know why was the investment so so minimal um mm. you know why was it why was it for two weeks why was it a stunt um which all point the finger of sort of um you know certainly with a lot with some of these what some of these projects uh really lacking you know, they're there as vanity for agencies where the client's not really behind them, but they're, they're, they'll kind of let them get away with something for a while. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it is, you know, it's a, it's definitely, I, I mean, and as you said, I mean, it's changing all the time. We've now got like the, we got you know, like a number of different forces happening. We've got like the in-house agency emerging that we hadn't really seen before. Um, and we've also, I think, I think people have recognized the point that you made earlier, which is uh, smaller is smaller can be nimbler, smaller can be better. And, and, you know, I think people have been talking the last year or so about the small agency, the revival return 
of the small agency um, for those reasons. Um, yeah, and I think people want, I think clients want more of a personable or personal kind of service, really. A smaller yep. agency gives you a much more personal um, service. You get to work with the owners, the founders, and you almost you touch every, you can touch every part of the business. And you know that you're going to be given the love uh, and the uh, and the ears and the eyes and the um, time that you deserve um, with a smaller agency. Um, I think you know your um, and smaller agencies. I think just work. I think we we are set up to work faster. We're set up to 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 work. Um, with much more um i guess there's passion because it's because you're working with a smaller team everyone's really fired up for the same thing and you know you don't have layers and layers of people that it kind of it drops off on priority in certain areas of a business with a smaller agency the whole, basically the whole agency is behind <laughs> behind the work that you're delivering so you have this this force of passion um across, with 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 all the people um, and not only the people working on the project, all the other other people within it, you know, it's so it's so it's such an important um, uh, project or, or opportunity within the business. Even if the people aren't touching the project, are involved in the project as well. So it's like you you get um, you get twofold <laughs> uh, attention. Yeah, no, I mean that, that that makes makes sense. Going back to you know your earlier point um, about what keeps you engaged in this idea that um, it, it it's it's really all about the possibilities to to do something interesting to you know to move a client to move the story in an interesting direction or um, what what is, what is what is what is the context for that right now in your mind you know like what what becomes interesting obviously you know it's it's breaking through the noise but what do you think there's a are you a proponent that the the brands have high uh, an important role to tell stories or to 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 do actions in society that um, people are calling purpose? Um, where, yeah, where, I think. Where do you stand on that? It's a really good question, and I, I and I think you know during during the pandemic we we rebuilt the business from the bottom up from the inside out. From and really, you know, over the last twenty-three years, there were, there were key projects that we worked on as an agency that were really delivering uh, positive impact in the world. Um, you know, purpose, as as people, um, as you say, and we we um, rebuilt the business, and and that's our mission as a business is to use creativity to to make brands. Um, deliver better for for their consumers for society i think the role of brands needs to change yes they've still got to be uh you know they're selling product but actually they have a role to play in society and and part of our reinvention is to is to either educate brands in this space or to help them communicate um for people to to act better, to buy better, to be more responsible as um, as citizens, really. Um, do, do you think this this the um, this is sort of perennial challenge, which is brands were brought into the world into a capitalist system, which is basically about the profit motive, and uh, you know the, the cynics will always argue that despite whatever a brand tells you. Uh, their ultimate goal is to make profit and that somewhere at the end of the day, someone is losing out to make that profit. Um, uh, and the idea that, that a brand can be truly good is, is doesn't, it's a sort of oxymoron. Um, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the cap capitalist, um, you know, making, making money, is of this, you know, we, we all need to make money to live. <laughs> um, you know, the, the 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 thing about brands for me is like they have they spend their money and have um, uh, the eyes and ears of a lot of people. 
they they engage with a lot of people in society, uh, depending on what brand of, of all ages, and and um, they have uh, and with with an active audience, with an audience that they they have the opportunity to really affect change, to ch- to change behaviour. Um, you know, governments are are falling out of of favour right across the world, and a lot a lot of people aren't in, engaged with. Um, anything that happens in in society and and maybe brands can step in and have have a bit of a role to to make people think about doing stuff different differently you know patagonia as i mentioned before are, are really strong advocates around this space how do you do business how do you use brands to affect social change um you know equally um they have you know they have the an active audience to to you know, to do that. Um, whether you can do that and and have profits at the same time, I don't see why why you can't. Yeah, that makes make, make, make sense. So, um, how how do you guys tend to work? Uh, just in in terms of like. Um, how does stuff get made and created and 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 it, it, uh, do you have strategy folks or do you, is it more like client service people take on that role um is there a brief <laughs> who writes it what's it look like um all that type of stuff do, do you have that or do you work in a do you just think work in a different way um i think everyone everyone's got a um a, a strategic um, bone in their body. I think it, strategy is, in many ways, is about is about problem solving, getting underneath the the, the um, uh, getting to the the nitty gritty of a problem. We have strategists in the business. Um, we have uh, obviously different layers of creatives in the business. Um, but also the other thing is, you know, we 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 develop the strategy. We write an internal brief. We we co write briefs with with clients as well to make sure the briefs are answering the right question because mm-hmm. sometimes the briefs that are get given us don't actually answer the question that needs yeah. to be answered in the first place because writing a brief is an art in itself so you know co-writing that brief with a client is important but also the, the i i ask people you know people right across the business to get involved in the creative process as well so someone from client services does it make sense to them what do you think about this what ideas do you have because at the end of the day, we're communicating to, uh, we're all communicating to humans. So everyone is creative. Everyone needs to, to be part of that process. And I ask people when we're doing internal uh, critiques of the work, you know, the client services have as much uh, input as, as I want them to, you know, I ask them to come up with ideas as well. I want them to you know whether they want to write some copy or you know this is all a part of working together um because i believe that everyone needs to be involved in that yes there's you know there's there's two different sides of the business there's the creative side and client services but one needs to uh, they need to work together I, this the whole siloed thing is 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 challenge is to me um to close the door on creativity um, just because you've got creative or designer in your name <laughs> doesn't, you know, shouldn't just give you the exclusive right on that. Um, you know, we, I've had project managers coming up with, or account account people coming up with ideas that has that have um, won pitches in the past. <laughs> so it's just like you know, um, we're all. We're all creative, and I want to everyone. I want everyone to be creative within the business. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's a good. I mean, it's a good. It's a good. It's a good philosophy, and it, and it, you know, and it makes sense. And I think, it, you know, I think, it, as you said, you know, it it breaks down those silos, and uh, and and hopefully the the best ideas, um, you know, make it forward. Thinking about what we've been through, obviously, in the last three years, um, what are the pros and cons of like remote? um to you you know what are the you know we're now pitching on zoom we're working together on zoom you know um you you guys obviously you know grew up in a 
you know, very much a face-to-face world where personal relationships were really personal and you met people. Uh, but the, the last couple of years obviously have been different. Was that was that a challenge to adapt to that or was it natural? And let's go back to think about the advantages and disadvantages of, of where, we, where we've been. Yeah, I think as an agency, we, we, we've adapted remarkably well. Um, we kept in contact on a regular basis individually and as a group of people working together um the 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 downside to it is i think everyone just finds it so exhausting you're kind of always on all the time and it gives you a lot less time to just sit and think about stuff because there's just the way zoom and uh, and what have you just gives you everyone's just in meetings and meetings and meetings and it seems that there are more meetings now than there ever has been any meetings, um, because it's it's you know people have meetings where in the past they would have just bumped into each other in the kitchen, had a quick chat for two minutes. Now it's a half an hour, forty minute um, um, Zoom call when no one's really got anything to say apart from just a few side chats here and there. Um, I was in a I was in a real life meeting with with my team two weeks ago. Uh, uh, and I sat to the person next to me and I was just like, I was like, isn't this really exciting? And they're like, what are you talking about? And I said, we're all sat around a table and we're talking about stuff. And it's just, like I can see people and I'm just like, and I was just like, it was just like, I don't know what, it was just like this little bubble of energy inside me, but I was sat around a table talking to people about ideas again. And it was, it was just, it was, I was, it was so missed. And I think, um, you know, when when it begins to, you know, uh, open up again, when the world begins to open up again, I think there's going to be things that people are going to, there's going to be a real shift, I believe, a, a real explosion of creativity again, because people would just suddenly get excited about all this again. Um, you know, the reason why I'm, I did this, you know, started this business is because I wanted to, it was all about relationships to me, the relationship with my clients, the relationship with the people who I work with, um, uh, meet, you know, meeting people. And that kind of has died off over the last two and a half years. And it's become almost like a functional space uh, being on Zoom all the time uh, or, or hangouts. Uh, and, it, and it's kind of lost that, that fizz. And I think when you're in a room with people coming up with ideas, the fizz is just there and you can see the human emotions are there. And it's also, the, again, it's the quiet people in the room that sometimes make those meetings the best meetings ever. But in a Zoom meeting, those quiet people are quiet. They're zipped. They don't say anything. They're just quiet. Um, yeah. They're just quiet. And those, those quiet people, is, uh, on, on the whole, have the best ideas. But yep, they don't yeah, want yep, to. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's that's so true. The 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 social dynamic of ide- ideation. Um, I think there's also a physical dynamic. You know, I, I, I mean, some people are quite physical in the in the sense that they they like putting putting things on walls and yeah, people gathering around them and tearing them down. And it, it, there's a, there is a physicality to creativity. Absolutely. Was, yeah. 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 I was listening to. Uh, Kathy Ryan, who's the photo editor of the New New York Times magazine, the physical creation of the magazine is in a big room, you know, where mm. where where stuff gets put up on the wall and and ph- photography get you know gets laid out and trying to do that virtually and remotely is a big change. Yeah, yeah. I think you just lose you you lose the. Um, the human aspect of creativity yeah. and i think you know that's that's the reason why we we do this because we are communicators and both both verbally and physically and i think with with uh, with remote working both of those have been taken away so it sort of feels you know i can get to the end of the day and i've done maybe probably too many seven or eight zoom calls in a day and I get to the end of the day and I'm just like, my head's flat on my desk and I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm just like, what, what has happened today? Yeah. 
Whereas at the end of a working day in the, in, in the studio, in the office, you can come away buzzing because you've had so many really interesting interactions with people. Um, and you feel as if it's, you've learned something. Um, whereas on, on this, in this, uh, in this um, kind of setup, you just feel as if you've had the life drained out of you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not good. Do you just, just thinking about, um, so a lot of people um, like some of the aspects. I think that not having to commute and some of the aspects of remote working can play positively to people's work-life balance. Um, and it might suggest that we think about the office differently. Like, and I, and, it, and I think this may be different for creative folks. I think you could argue that you should you should always be working together and there should always be in a physical space because it's because uh, for all the reasons that you said you know you miss so much when you don't um but there is an argument that says you know that um perhaps the offices of the future for our type of industries will be different they will be more focused on theater they will be more focused on collaboration um you know if you think about it from a client relationship perspective why would why does the client want to come to your agency you know why do they want to fly from from berlin to amsterdam or from from amsterdam to london you know obviously there's meeting people which is important but there is this whole idea that you can do a lot on zoom so i'm hoping that there's a sort of a renaissance on this in 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 the thinking about the spaces if you think i mean i I couldn't, but I can't believe how boring creative agency spaces are. I mean, maybe mm. that's not the point. I mean, but it's a bunch of rows of people sitting side by side on desks, uh, tapping stuff out on Slack as their form of communication and listening to music on headphones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, the, the commute, and to go back to the, the, the commute thing, I think that you know, depending on how long it takes you to commute, I think there's there's moments in the day on the commute where it's just time to to think, to reflect, to 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 mull things around in your head. Even in the walk to work or or the cycle to work, I think it gives you gives the opportunity to to either switch off and um, think about just think. Um, I. I and the the space in an office um, allows people away from the screen to think. I think sitting in front of the screens just doesn't allow you to think particularly. You're very, very closed off. You're within a 30 centimetres or 50 centimetres of, a, of a, a moving box in front of you, and it doesn't allow you to be creative. I think it closes your world down massively. Um, uh, going to the meet the, the meeting point you make about the traveling from Berlin to Paris, I think you know in the past you may be doing one of those or two of those a week, and I think gone are the days of those. But I think regularly clients should meet up with agencies, and it's all about chemistry. It's about getting to know real people. Um, but you shouldn't be doing that all the time. We need to cut down. We, everyone knows we need to cut down our travel because of the impact it has on the environment. So maybe only once or twice or once a quarter, you meet clients in face to face, and you make those really experience experiences to get to know the client, to understand who they are, what they're about, what their ambitions are, um, and that's where you build. That's where the best connections happen. I think to go to a meeting to present a deck for an hour and then fly back is is probably it's probably a waste of everybody's time. And that's not where the where the magic really, hap really happens, you know. Let's use it for its function, and 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 not for its connection. Yeah, that make, that makes that makes that makes a lot of sense. Where, where you know another another thing I've I've heard from uh, creative leaders is um, a lot of the things that you know. I always find that there's a richness to creativity because creative people explore things outside of the workplace they have passions uh they be music art whatever or and they can also indulge in those passions by 
by finding those, I mean, especially in New York, you know, where, you know, we've got so much stuff there's not, <laughs> you could fill, there's too much thing there in a, in a pre COVID era, there's, there were too many things to do culturally that you could possibly fit into your calendar. And those are gone, you know, those are yeah. those went away. And so, you know, going and seeing that great show at the Tate or the Rugs Museum or whatever, that did a lot for people, I think. You know, it just it took them out of the, the space, showed them something else, helped them rethink. That seems such an important part of the of the creative process to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, at the end of the day, we're just, you know, creative people are are just sponges. We need to be sponges. We take in everything and then we then we use our uh, then we re repackage it just the way our brains have been uh, uh we reappropriate it by yeah. just the way our brains been programmed so um you know a lot of those things have, have been missing from culture but also i'm a big believer of of uh getting inspiration from everyday situations i did this i was doing some mentoring in, in rwanda a few years ago and I was just talking to them, the team that I was mentoring, about the walk to work or the cycle to work, and use every opportunity as an inspiration to the work that you do. Observe, constantly observe everything you see, because at one point, at some point in your career, that will come back. It may be an observation, you go, walking to work, or the run you had that afternoon, or the cycle. Observe everything. Um, and they all looked at me completely blankly and they said, but my walk to work is boring. And they're like, are you looking properly about what your work to work, work, walk to work is giving you? And then they suddenly start to think about it very differently. And then afterwards, I, then a few days later, I was talking to them about it. They began to see the world differently. So I think, yes, a lot of these cultural things have closed, but maybe we need to look at the world on our doorstep in more detail because that, that, will, that will fulfill our partially fulfill our need to be um these these cultural and world sponges really yeah i think, I think that's a really great point i mean uh, i think that's one thing the, the, the appreciation of the simpler things uh has definitely been something that we've seen over the two years i was talking to someone about this very actually i'll i'll, I'll send you a link uh to this guy's newsletter he's really smart he he was going to write a book about um information overload basically and the mm. problem and the problem he had was it, he didn't have many solutions so he flipped on its head and basically he said well I assume we are in information load what's the antidote and so he he's he's written a book and he's also done a whole lot of uh things on the newsletter where he exactly what you said and um we were talking about the walking thing and this idea that you could do um sort of improv version of that, whereas you walk your streets as a historian, you walk your streets as a biologist, you know, you mm. wear different hats and each time you wear the different hat, you see something differently. It's really cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a brilliant way of, of, of looking at it, putting different filters on the world. Yeah. I always, I always love walking down the street that I know so well and just, just walk down the street looking up mm -hmm. and seeing the, the architecture at the top of the buildings to see things you've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and and it can look very, very different. Um, and I'm a, I'm a I love running. You know, running for me is like my mm -hmm. my bit where I just switch off from the noise. And I went for an hour's run the other day in 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 the West Country, and I I just was just to me the world switched off for an hour. It was just like the world didn't exist, and yeah. I could just any all the problems kind of come in. And they move away. They come in. They move away because it's just like you're in your, you're out of your head and in your body. And for me, exercise and running is something for me to 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 switch off from the noise. Um, Very interesting. So, do you do you, when you when you think about having young creative talent and or I always think it's interesting. Different agencies approach it. You you do you assume? Um, do you allow people the freedom to do the explore? Uh, uh, or do you expect that they do that anyway? Or do you think sometimes you need to institutionalize it? Like, you know, like bringing guest speakers in or doing 
taking people out on trips or how do you feel what do you feel about it um interestingly we're, we're next month we're starting uh an initi- initiative within the agency that we're investing heavily in in uh in all our staff members around uh mentoring around uh culture around training so you know there is there is the you know we are now as a as a business putting going to be putting um uh a line in our in our finances just around staff training and staff inspiration really uh and that's for all staff members and and um going back to the beginning of the question i think it's uh, the people within the business that spark you that's why i take people on i want them to uh give them the space to be as creative as they can you know there are no uh, my best day is when someone in the business comes up with a brilliant idea or a really nice simple thought you know i i want people to i give them the opportunity to be as as creative as they can no holes barred if if it if it solves a brief if it if it if it answers a question just keep going keep exploring keep exploring what's you know it's the extra 15% just challenge yourself take yourself into a space that makes you creatively makes you feel slightly uncomfortable then you're in a space that becomes exciting and i want people to be excited by creating stuff within within this agency uh, and not just ticking boxes um that's what you know that's what a job should be about you should you should be challenging yourself um and being given given the given the safe space to just be creative um and not feel that it's it's you you kind of you're being held down by the by the constraints of business or the or the or the company you're working for I find a lot of people who who I did this thing a couple of years ago. I, I called the conditions for creativity. We tried to kind of like look at some science, sociology, and like, well, mm. what would it, what should we be doing? You know, and there's so many practices that you know are in science and philosophy, and we've learned about how we come up with ideas that the agency world just literally runs in the opposite direction does the opposite stuff um sure. yeah it's almost like you know a lot about sports and athletes i mean you know the, we it, it's almost as if i mean this it's this black black box no no one wants to tell anyone how it works and um in, if you don't have that intimate relationship with your with 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 the people around you in the sense that you know exactly what their strengths and weaknesses are um you know ridiculous decisions are made about individuals you know based on the mm. history of assumptions and 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 i think i mean the way i was trying to think about it is you know sports teams have a lot of data and they nurture their athletes because they're massive and they have massive investments in them uh and they know how to make them work together and they know every sort of health vital and if you said to the same about uh creative talent and had agencies to be the opposite i mean we really most places know very little and if Fred, the art director, leaves, uh, suddenly should Bob's new partner be Jill? Well, yeah, probably because she hasn't got anyone to work with. You know, yeah. but, but you know, so I, I think I think you, you guys, and I think that's another reason why you guys are in a in a in a in a bit of a privileged position that you have closer relationships to the people who you work with in a way that, that other 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 places don't, and um, the closeness of those relationships means this is sort of a and a better understanding um and uh more likely you're going to get the best out of your people i i agree I, I i was talking to someone the other day about how i want someone to you know come into the leave the business better than they came in leave the business better than they came into it so how do we make better creatives how do we make better people so they why either they stay because they want to stay or or they may leave the business by what they come leaving the business better than they came in um both from a, a creative point of view or an inspiration point of view or a, or a workplace point of view it's my obligation as a as a company owner to nurture talent but also 
educated at the same time. This isn't a factory. They need to come in and be learning while they're doing the work. Because, for, you know, like I said, right at the very beginning of this, I've been doing this company 23 years and I'm still learning. And I still, I want people within my business to always be learning because I think that's where, where the best work comes out from. You know, when you're, when you're always wanting, when you're challenged to learn or try things new um, and experiment, you know, this place, this should be a place of experimentation as well as, uh, as well as work. You know, there's a lot of self-initiated projects that we have within the business uh, and we ask our creatives to, you know, so there's a lot of kind of free free space to create mm-hmm. um, as well. Question: A question I should have asked you earlier, but I think it actually works quite well at the end of the conversation, which is, especially right now where there's a lot of people who are thinking of setting up on their own or setting up on their own. I think there's this big difference between sort of deciding that you're going to be like a freelance team um, and it's going to be the two of you and you're going to you're going to enough money to pay your bills versus making the next step up to say actually we're going to it's going to be a company we're going to employ people and there seems that that's quite a big jump for a lot of people to think about you know one thing is sort of setting up on your own um being a freelance the other is okay now we're gonna we're gonna employ people um was that always your intention that you were you were going to be bigger than the two of you guys or did that just become uh, it became a necessity because of the way things turned out um god that's it's a difficult question in a way you know at a very 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 early age i knew that i was wanted to get into the kind of design world um and i wanted to have my own company and i'm talking about 12 13 years old Mm -hmm. so it was like and and for me i i I kind of set myself up that that was my only option i had um strangely enough um and um I think having um, having your own business is, is different. Working freelance, you have you know you're you're working on your projects and you're working on your projects. Where where when you're working as a business, you're working on your projects and you're working on your business at the same time. So you've got two jobs, and you've got to be able to juggle those jobs and be really inspired by by both. I love the creative side of my business, but I love the business side as well. I love the role of business and what the what business can achieve. But it you you know, I've been I'm I've worked I 23 years on, I didn't think I'd be probably didn't think I was going to be working as hard as I am now. But I've been doing this for 23 I'm working as hard 23 years ago as I am now. I, I just can't take my foot off the pedal because it's, it just, it, I mean, as I go back to before, I'm, I'm just excited about opportunities. The reason why I have people working, we have people working within the business is I love working with other people. Working as a freelance or working as a small team doesn't give you enough. I don't think it gives you the same rewards as having a team of people that both inspire you to work to work on projects or um or giving people the opportunity to um to work on great projects um the, the strange thing when i very first when i started working freelance i started working and it was only like i said two and a half three years i think it was this guy gave me an opportunity to kickstart my career and i you know i'm still thankful for him to to, to allow you know to do the job that I love the, the opportunity to do what I love doing and get paid for it now I always almost want to repay that by bringing people in the business to, to repay the guy from the very beginning does that sort of make sense or sure absolutely or not it's yeah, um, yeah. it's uh yeah I just, I just, you know, this, 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 this job, this company that I have, it is me and has defined me. It's, I mean, yeah. it's almost like I've been doing it for half, almost half my life now. <laughs> um, and it's just an idea I had when I was thirteen. 
so it's like it's it's um it's uh, it it's all i've ever kind of thought about in many ways yeah yeah, yeah. no that's great well i i really appreciate the the conversation it was great really interesting talking to you about about your world and, and your business um in some in a really interesting way so thank you so much for your time yeah thank you cheers ed it was it was good chatting to you too This is your host, Ed Cotton. Thank you so much for listening to Inspiring Futures. Until next time.